Hey, what's up, y'all? This is Miguel from Lower Arizona. I just want to welcome and thank you for listening to this very first episode of my new podcast, Cholo Stereo. I'm very excited for all my guests this year, and my very first guest is someone I met last year. Her name is Summer Dawn. When I got the idea in my head to do this podcast, uh, she was one of the first ones I told, and naturally, I invited her to come talk with me. Uh, I thought the conversation was dope. We went over gentrification, white privilege. We talked about Austin, Texas, where she lived for a while. Also, the graffiti of Isor and our appreciation for their graffiti and their ongoing tagging in Central Tucson and some hip hop as well. So uh, I just want to thank everyone that supported this idea of my podcast and I'm going to do my best to bring you dope guests and dope content as well. Uh, first episode of Cholo Stereo. Here we go. So where are you from, like, originally? Uh, I was born in San Diego, and I was raised in Los Angeles. I lived in L.A. until I was, like, five, and then I moved back to the town that I was born in, in San Diego. And then... What, um, what, like, community was that, or, like, hood? So in San Diego, I lived in a tiny town. I was born in a tiny town named Fallbrook, California, which is the avocado capital of the world oh, at least it, it, at least it was um so <laughs> it was a tiny i went back there recently and it is not the same it's not the same town that really? it was but it was a really tiny town and it was basically like poor white folks hell's angels and like immigrant folks that came oh, to like work in the avocado groves and to like wow. work in that industry wow but yeah i grew up i, I lived i was born there so it's and like then real tiny then it was really, yeah, it was really <laughs> tiny. It was like one exit off the highway. Like, uh, I don't know. Is it like Eloy? You ever been to Eloy? <laughs> no. Like where they have the detention center? Oh, yeah. No, I've driven through. Wait. Okay. That way or south or north? So north. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah, an yeah. hour away from here. But like that city is like small as fuck. Like there's seriously like, I think just the one high school. And then the major employer, I think, is that detention center. But like it's shit. Like. I still have family there, like my mom's side is there, but like there's really nothing there at all. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of similar yeah. in in that way where it was like industry, okay. you know, like agricultural yeah, agriculture, agriculture the and like avocado. yeah, because the avocados, and then yeah, there was one high school, yeah. one middle school, one. But I I moved around a lot. I moved back to LA when I was in middle school. Then I moved back to San Diego, and I lived in like Cardiff by the Sea. I lived in like beach towns. Dope. And then and then I moved back to LA the final time when I was thir- when I was thirteen, and then I finished school there. I barely finished high for school. For some reason, there. <laughs> I thought you were from Texas. Did you just work in Texas? No, I lived in Texas for thirteen years. So I moved okay. back to LA. I finished high school, and then uh, was into a bunch of dumb shit and <laughs> moved to I moved to Long Beach, and then I met somebody that was from Texas. Okay. And I went to Austin and I love LA, but it was, it's, it, it was a really different city at that time. And it's really hard to get around if you don't have a car or if you don't have money or, you know, and and it was like, I feel like it was like where I was from, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those places where it's like, ah, I don't want to stay here. Like, and it just felt like, like around what years that was in 90. So I graduated high school in 98 and I left. I left LA in 2003 and I was living in Long Beach for two years before I left. So I moved to Long Beach when I was 21. And then that's when I went to Texas. Oh, okay. I went to Texas to visit 
a friend there and I was like, what is this? Like it, it was so weird being in I Texas bet. because like, especially being from like Southern California, yeah. Texas is like <laughs> the movies, you Hell know, yeah. you know, I'm like, cowboys are really a thing. And like, yeah. and, and also another thing that was like, so like, it's a college town. What and city was it? I didn't even know. In Austin. Oh, in Austin? Okay. Yeah. Wow. Which was also a really different time, you know? Like, yeah. Austin was a totally different city in yeah. 2003. Like in the early 2000s, not by any means. It's yeah. insane. But, like, I was, like, exposed to, like, football culture and to, like, sororities and fraternities mm-hmm. and a whole, like, bunch of white shit that I've never... <laughs> you know, I'm white, but, like, I was yeah, just yeah. like, whoa, this shit really exists, like you know? Like American varsity blues type shit. I mean, it's like, it's not a joke there. It's like real, it's real, you know? And then it made me realize, like, you know, growing up even in San Diego and LA, you know, LA has SC and UCLA, and it's not like LA doesn't have Ivy League schools and, like, these big colleges and sororities and fraternities, but, like, it made me that much more aware of, like, the class separation in in Los Angeles, you know? And, and, like, in that city, because it's, like, even like being white it's like if mm-hmm. you were fucking poor mm-hmm. you didn't you so had no access to that <laughs> shit like it wasn't yeah. for you yeah. you know what i mean but yeah texas is texas so, is wild how's the like mexican-american demographic there like when you were living there not in now. in texas yeah in austin so that's something i'm real curious about because like you know how like austin is just like kind of like known for like what the south by southwest now it's just like crazy there and, like, I see so much shit online about, like, get South by Southwest out of here. Like, all these white people don't want to be here. They're just coming here to party. And, like, even the people that kind of live there. So I was kind of curious on, like, what the Mexican demographic is or, like, Mexican-American demographic. So f- for me, moving there and coming, you know, coming from San Diego and being poor and always being, you know, before the mic was turned on, like, talking about being that like token white girl because I was like that's how I grew up you know Mm -hmm. and that was the culture that I grew up in for sure I also have Latin family and so I spoke the language and so there was like you know I I, my proximity was I was always just like right there and it was a huge part of my life and I and culturally too especially in Los Angeles you know like in the music scene in the punk scene like it's it's like white kids and brown kids and then I moved to Texas and I was like, I know there's like Mexicans here. Yeah. I know there's black people here, but like, where, like, where <laughs> are they? Yeah. And the border issues are so different there. Mm-hmm. Like Texas, the text, the border issues in Texas versus like the border issues in California. Again, you know, in the early two thousands, it just created for a much different environment. And like, people did not it's the most segregated city like people talk about how oh no austin's so liberal austin's this and that exactly. the fuck it that's is what like I that's what i hear it's in the middle of texas it's really easy to be liberal in the middle of texas mm. right and to me liberalism is a nightmare like that's not <laughs> radical enough you know what i mean but yeah. like the it, it was like i had to really dig I had to really look to see like where the pockets were. And at the time, you know, I was work when I first moved there, I was working in the restaurant industry and it's like, Oh, okay. I'm working with Mexicans in the kitchen, (laughs) but like, where are y'all at? You know, where you go after this. And, and that's when, you know, and I, and I had, and I made friends that were Latin and it was really interesting too, because 
the Mexican Americans who I met in Texas did not identify as Mexican American. They're like, I'm not Mexican. Okay. I'm indigenous. Okay. And it and it was like that was the first time, you know, coming from LA, I it the Mexicans that I was friends with and people that I like grew up with, it was mm-hmm. like that that was who they were. Okay. And that was how they identified. And it wasn't until I moved to Texas and it was broken down in a way for me where they were like if that's a nationality that's not who I am and like right. and right. like you know how the border was won in Texas was very different from how you know Arizona was bought from Mexico Texas was fought so yeah. it's like there's it's complicated it's really complicated but I did go looking for it and I found it but that's how okay. you know and that's how it was on the east side of Austin and I was like oh my god and I went and there was like taco trucks and there's like Tejano bars and I it like looked, it felt like home for me. Mm. You know what I mean? And I was like, felt like oh, West Coast again. totally. And I was like, okay, I can fuck with this. But then, you know, comes along with me being a white person moving to the east side of Austin. Oh, you moved there? Yeah, I moved to the east side because oh, wow. I was like, I, I thought you kind of, you were saying you just kind of went. <laughs> no, because I went, I, well, I did, I went over there and I was like, okay, this is where it's at. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. this is where I feel comfortable because. I would walk, you know, I, I was living on the west side and I didn't know the city that well at that time either. I was just, I, I had just moved there and I was just like, what's up? Like, what's good? Where is everything at? Ooh. And I was living on the west side and I would like walk out and chill on my porch and my neighbors would like, give me dirty, you know, or they'd like pick up their kids or they'd be like, yeah. what, like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm kicking it on my porch. Like, yeah. you know, like it was just so weird and oh. everything felt so like this is my house and I have a fence around it. And then I went to the East side and I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like this is, this feels like home. And I moved over there and then, you know, but inevitably I became like kind of a first wave of that face of gentrification over there because it's like, you know, that's how it works when white people move to the hood and then other white people come and they're like, Oh, well they're living over here. You know, like it must be safe. Yeah. And so it's, you know, reckoning with that too in myself is like, okay, cool. I feel comfortable over here. And this is like how I grew up. And this is like what I grew up around. Do you feel like gentrification is really kind of taking over Tucson or not really? Because I feel like in some cases it is. And then in some cases that we haven't even gotten a, a taste of what that's really like, you know? So this February will be three years since I've moved here and like it's changed drastically even in the three years that I've lived here. Well, to me, like downtown has been gentrified for a long time. So that's like nothing new to me, but I'm talking about like almost. I was just talking about this morning about how I was talking to a friend of mine because my wife and I were looking for a house to buy. We want to buy a house. Okay. And for me, I come to the South side and I'm like, uh, you know, it's the same thing. I'm like, yeah, yes, this is where I feel comfortable. And I love the homes and I love just like the environment and the culture. Right. And, mm-hmm. and I said it right. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, the South side, if I could choose, if, if I could live wherever I wanted and I didn't think about things like gentrification or I didn't think about things like class and race mm-hmm. and all of this shit, I would just come move to the South side, you yeah. know, but this is not, it's not where I belong. I can, mm-hmm. I have, I have privilege and opportunities to afford and to get approved and to be, mm-hmm. to live anywhere yeah. in this city, you know, and I get to choose. And I was talking to a, a friend of mine 
who's from South Tucson. And I was talking to him about, I was like, damn, I wish I could live on the South side. Like I never will, you know, anything South of 22nd is off limits and it should be off limits to every white person. Like, I don't give a fuck how down or how cool you are. And he was like, no, just come move to the South side. Like you're one of us, like just come, like you belong here. And I'm like, like, no, I don't. We do (laughs) in a sense feel like that. Like as a Brown person, we're like, man, all these white people coming, but it's just like crazy because if we had more uh, white people coming with the understanding of like what's going on in that location, some like yourself, we'd be like, you're good, you know, we don't care. Buy, buy two houses. Like right. as long as you're gonna, you know, treat them right and treat us right and not have any issues, it's fine. You know, yeah, it- because it's like you can't stop people from. Well, you can, but I mean, it's really you hard. You can. It's just really hard, but it's just like. I feel like gentrification is just like this horrible, inevitable thing that's going to happen. So I feel like if we accept it more as like, hey, you know, this is kind of like our deal. You need to come in respecting it, respecting us, get involved with the community. Or even if you don't want to get involved with the community, at least like, I don't know. It's just really hard to explain coming from a brown person because there's just like so many things that we want to say. But I feel like we can't. And I feel like it doesn't even matter because it's like when it comes down to it, you can the bank's going to own the house. You're going to buy the house. You can live there in peace, whatever. But like, yeah, Southside communities, like a lot of them are real involved. And like, I don't know. It's just hard to it's hard to explain. <laughs> but you coming from like that respectful place, I really um, I like that. I love that about you. And that's kind of like why I wanted to interview you because I feel like you're an intelligent, real intellectual, um, very intriguing. Like when we met at that uh, party at the Ohala, after, was it like after hours dance party? Yeah, it was the after. Like, I was the first after hours dance I party. I feel so I've weird because like, I just want to like years. be like, "Yo, come here. Can I talk to you? Like, let's <laughs> yeah. talk about stuff. Like, I feel like you're even my age too. Like, come here. <laughs> you know, because a lot of those people are young. We were the oldest we there the by oldest at least there. a decade and a half. Yeah, <laughs> which is cool because I'm like, yeah, I'm still like, I'm still like involved. You know what I mean? Totally. But yeah, that's kind of like what like I felt like a little bit of connection with you because i was like i feel like she knows what's going on already like i don't even need to tell her so but well yeah, yeah. cool thanks yeah. for having me yeah no doubt but um yeah what were we talking about just gentrification. the south side yeah i mean i can't you know i obviously can't speak about you can move there by the way <laughs> i mean i i appreciate you're you good. saying that but for like me you're good but it's i mean it it's it's complicated on both ends i obviously can't i can only speak from my end for sure um And yeah, I mean, I think it's something that if you're not like as a white person rigorously Mm -hmm. doing that work and reevaluating those things every single fucking day, then like you're not doing it right, you know? And that's not to say that it's ever going to look perfect and that's not to say say that I'm going to be able to undo, you know, generations of... Mm -hmm racism Mm -hmm. and shit that I was bred into but like I think if it it's like so simple as like where you live you Mm -hmm. know and like who are your neighbors if I if if, like that's got to be kind of like a point and a a start you know and I've met you you know I can move to the south side and I've met you but Mm -hmm. you might have homies or like you know somebody's grandparents or you know there's Mm -hmm. no matter what I'm going I'm going to be displacing somebody like no matter what yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's complicated. I don't yeah. know what the answers are, but I know that like for me, South of 22nd 
mm-hmm. is like not cool. You know, I live in Blue Moon right now. Mm-hmm. That neighborhood is still not, I mean, it's downtown. Like, you know, I live right behind PCC downtown. Okay. And I'm definitely, you know, it's us and then, you know, a, a white lady that owns a house across the street that she just rents out for gym show. And other than that, like, it has not, that neighborhood, that, like, little square of a neighborhood between Oracle and Stone mm-hmm. and, like, Adams, the street that I'm on, and, like, Grant. Right. It's, it has not been gentrified yet. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like inevitably, no matter where I go. Yeah. I will be a gentrifier like that. I am a colonizer. Period. There's no, you, you, there's yeah. no way around that. Like you know, that. what's funny is um, that area. It's kind of like, not like right next to Dunbar Springs, but it's kind of around that area. It's right on the other side of, of yeah. Speedway. And it's funny because I was looking for houses to rent, and I'm just like, it feels like some type of reverse kind of like <laughs> gentrification. Because I'm like, I used to live in Armory Park, and uh, same thing there. I was like. Man, it's weird. Like, every, like I see a lot of white people, which is cool. Like, I know this is kind of that area. It's like yeah. been known for that. Like Armory Park. Like, there's brown people have kind of like not they're there, but they're not there. You know? Yeah. And what's crazy is I moved into this house and it was right next to a brown family. I'm like, oh, cool. But what sucked was is like they were just mad heavy in the drug use. Like, had pit bulls everywhere, and like they would only come out like at like ten o'clock. And it sucked because the last day that uh, I was going to move my stuff out, the dude robbed me. Like, No. Yeah. He like he was in my house, and I'm like, yo, did I leave the lights on? Mm, I guess. So I go, and I'm like moving, and all I hear is, and he's like going out the window, and I'm like, dude. And then You're like, left. all the people you could I rob, know, you're going to rob me. <laughs> God, man. So like, it kind of hit me harder, but I know to him, he didn't give a shit. You know, whatever. But that kind of sucks. But as far as, like, looking for houses in neighborhoods like that, even to rent, I felt like I didn't, like, why am I looking here? Like, I just need to go back to, like, where I, you know, not belong, but, like, kind of what I know, like, the South, you know? So, it's just weird. Like, I feel like another potential, like, gain or, like, privilege or whatever you want to call it coming from a white person going in, you're just, like, you already know you're going to be, like, yeah, not displacing people, but just kind of, like, I'm here, like, I'm just here to, like, be cool with you guys. And, like, my feeling when I went to, like, those neighborhoods, they're, like, they're going to talk to me about the other neighbors. Like, did you see what's-his-face moving in? Like, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling to move into a neighborhood like that. Because I only lived there for six months. But then a few years back, I lived there for, like, a couple of years. And still, like, nobody came up to me. Like, there was no type of, like, community there. So it was just weird. I can relate to that in the way that, like... I mean, those neighborhoods are beautiful. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. And when I go through those neighborhoods, I'm like, wow, these homes are really beautiful. And like, and like, really nice. Part of part of me is like, oh, that house is really beautiful. I'd love to live there. Yeah. Because I grew up with shit. I didn't grow up with it. You know, like I I didn't grow up in nice houses. I didn't grow. You know. So it's like, part of me has that like, oh, one day I would love to like have a nice house and I don't think that there's anything wrong with like <laughs> that's why I want to, wanting there. to like, have a nice house. I want to house. pretend that I live here forever but I don't so but then the people in those neighborhoods like it 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 feels like my worst nightmare. Yeah, exactly. Honestly the people in those neighborhoods it's yeah. like it's like people that it wasn't very welcoming at all. I hate I hate the word woke and and that's a whole <laughs> other podcast. But I, right. I it's it it's 
it's a word that I think that like is easy for white people to use as like a buzzword. Like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. woke. Like, are yeah. you really? Like, because yeah. <laughs> having a Black Lives Matter sign in your front yard like isn't yeah, enough. Yeah, and you see those everywhere down there. And they're e- they're everywhere. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. they're still participating. You know, but they're like, well, I'm queer or I'm, you know, I'm a cool white person, so I'm not racist or I'm, yeah. and it's like, no, that's, that's actually not how that works. And, yeah. and like, so yeah, those neighborhoods, trust me, when I go into those neighborhoods, like not, it hasn't happened to me here in Tucson, but like, you know, when I've gone into Scottsdale neighborhoods, I had some homies that were working, doing a Harley Davidson shoot and they had this like big, you Whoa. know, Harley had rented a big <laughs> house for them because they were shooting in Arizona for like a month and a half. Yeah. They came and shot in Tucson too. Okay. But that's where they rented a house for them mm-hmm. in uh, Paradise Valley, which oh, is like... I'm like not familiar with it. I, I'm not either. I only know how nice it is because as soon as I drove into that neighborhood, I was like, oh, they're calling the cops for sure. And I was in a hot, a nice new <laughs> Honda, you know what I mean? But yeah. like, and sure enough, I get, as I'm walking into a door, like a patrol car, co- you know, comes by. Like those yeah, neighborhoods, they cruising. call the cops on, wow. on me, you know? And not that that is like any comparison of like what it's like to be brown, you know? But <laughs> yeah, like yeah. In, in, in a lot of ways, those neighborhoods are unfamiliar to me too. So like moving into those neighborhoods, I'm like, I, this is not my class system. This is not, yeah. you know, but I, if I can afford to live here, I feel like I should. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's fucked up and it's complicated. <laughs> I just want to do the right thing. And I know that I'm not going to do yeah. the right thing always, but I feel really fucking lucky to be in Tucson. And I feel like... I, I just feel lucky to be here and yeah. I feel lucky to be connected to the people that yeah, I'm connected to. Sure. And I feel lucky to have the communities that show me their communities and that yeah. like, you know, introduce me to their families and, yeah. and like have like kind of like brought me in. Yeah. Um, well, coming from like, I'm native to someone born and raised there. Like, I feel like someone like you is just a perfect, you know, you fit perfectly. I feel like, you know, and then seeing you at the uh, Tucson for free families or family. What was it? Tucson for Free Families yeah. project yeah, yeah, yeah. with the uh, Zydus thing. That was dope. Yeah. And that's like, that's another issue <laughs> where you like, you go into a place like that and it's just like, yo, where are all my brown folks at? Like, you know, my girlfriend, she was like, did you notice that like, there's more white people, white people in there than brown people? I'm like, that's just kind of how those events are. Like, yeah, for sure. What sucks is me as a brown person saying like, yeah, like we need to get like, are people out there and just like do this, do the work and like support. But when it comes down to it, like we're kind of like missing in action, you know? And I feel like that's a big part that we need to fix. Like as a, as a community of Brown people, we need to like go to actually go to those things and support people that are going through those things. Like, did you see um, the, one of the speakers that they had there? Her name was Alejandra Mm-mm. Pablos. So she's going through some shit right now. She uh, was locked up for a couple years, or I don't know if it was a couple years, but it was a while, up in Eloy, because she was checking in somewhere, and they just took her in. So I don't know the full story, because uh, I haven't, like, got all up in her business, like, to ask her, but luckily she said yes, too. She's going to be a guest on the podcast. Cool. But, yeah, so she's kind of going through it, and, like, I felt bad. I'm like, yo, as much people support her online that are from this city, none of them were there. Just me and, like, Zyda. And, like, maybe a few of them showed up and bounced. But I was like, yo, I'm going to be there at the end when she's speaking. I'm going to deaf seat a lot of people. And I, I did it. 
Do you notice like that's kind of an issue too, or like you don't really like observe that? I mean, I think you know, in talking to especially a lot of conversations with Ohala, yeah. Um, you know, I think that. I think that one of the things that is talked about a lot that we've talked about a lot with them and that I've also noticed in the community is like, I don't know who, I don't know exactly who put on that event. Do you know exactly, do you know who, um, was it put on by white folks? I don't know for sure. I thought it was is, Zyra's organization. This is the thing is that it was at the historical why, right. you know, who has access to that place? I don't even know. Like who, you, you know, like how can people get, how are people going to get there? Like, it, it's like if you're like if i'm you know i can only speak for like if i'm organizing an event that i want people to show up at i'm gonna put it in a place that is accessible for the demographic that i'm looking to call in that's a good and that's a good observation like if i'm if they did that even at the global justice center right would the turnout have been different probably i think so you know what i mean so it's like it, it you know, I can't speak, I can only speak to like the experience of like as a white person organizing or like, where am I having this event? Mm -hmm. Who's accept, who's it ex accessible to? Mm -hmm. Who is the demographic? And like, who do I want to show up? And also, you know, yeah. I think, you know, in, you know, back to what I was saying and talking to Ohala and talking to their friends and their homies, like, and like, you know, when they want their answer, their uncles or people in their communities to support their communities, like, yeah. you know, it's been shared with me, like, there yeah, was, cool, we want to be there, but we have to work. Yeah. And then we, you know, or like, you yeah. know, I have, you know, I work with young folks who have even not showed up to certain events because they are undocumented yeah. and they are brown and like, they yeah. don't want to like, they're they just, just like, I live this every day. Yeah. You know, I live this life every day. I don't need to go to some fucking fundraiser and hang out with white people who are going to tokenize me as totally. somebody yeah. that they're like helping that yeah. they're like giving charity to, you know what I mean? So right. I think that like, you know, again, from my end, I can only speak to the, like, you know, who, who is the demographic when you're having these events and who do you, where are you having it? Mm -hmm. But like, what's been shared with me and especially in this community is like, you know, I don't have time for that shit. Yeah. You know, I don't have time for that. I shit. get that from a lot of people too. <laughs> and I'm like, I, like I was there, like I showed up at the end. I wanted to show up at the end where like, I felt like I was going to get more of the information because I, I really didn't care for like to seeing any of the vendors there except for cream because they're printing the shirts because like at events like that not to like talk shit or anything but it's just like i don't i don't know like sometimes when i'll go to events like that i'll see like white people at the booth and they're like selling stuff and i'm just like i don't i'm not gonna buy that like why do i want to you know buy I mean? that from you yeah, yeah yeah no for sure like i'm not trying to disrespect you or anything i'm just i don't I'm not interested in supporting that you know what i mean What's like, that? i want to support someone local like not struggling but just like coming up you know but yeah, it was just weird. It's kind of it was a weird vibe. I didn't even know that place was like still open to like events or anything because I think it's been closed for a long time. But maybe I've it is to, open. I've been to meetings there. I think you can like yeah, reserve you can rent it out or a something. conference room or something. Like I, yeah, I don't really know. Yeah, I've been to like a green party meeting there once, oh, okay. twice. No, yeah, once. Is green but party in Tucson shit or not? Um, uh, <laughs> I it's to so brown, complicated. I talked to a brown homie of mine, and she's like. Uh, green party's cool and all, but it's just kind of gets overrun by like white people. And I'm like, really, uh -huh. really? And she's like, yeah, dude. And I'm like, fuck. 
So one thing that I thought was the meeting that I went to was being facilitated and run and led by Najima, who's a black woman who lives here in Tucson. And that was the fir- that was really unexpected because I assumed that it was going to be like old white people. Okay. And the meeting that I went to was old white folks and like a couple of old um, Latino dudes. And they were like, we're stepping back because we're we've been fighting this fight for a long time. And because like we are not who needs to be like leading this platform. Right. And we're basically like stepping back and just like, this is about y'all. Right. And like Najima was, that's cool. Like did the whole entire meeting. Good. Um, <laughs> I, it's, it's hard for me to, <sighs> politics is so complicated. Voting is something that I've just started doing in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and like voting on get, the local level. Do you get upset with people that don't vote? I mean, um, I feel like there's a lot of people that kind of get angry. I get I get angry with white people that don't vote. What about people of color? It's not my. That's not my. Like, I have you no. You have no say in it at all. I don't have no say in that. Yeah, I so mean, you're only because the system suppress- is not oppressing me. You know what I mean? The system yeah, yeah. that I'm showing up to participating to participate in is not oppressing yeah. me. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Funny. Like, it's not. It's not. Yeah. It, it's. You know, I'm queer. That's about it. Uh-huh. You know, I could tattoo my whole fucking my everything and still get a job <laughs> yeah what's funny you about know? that is like when you're like you say you're not concerned about it it's it's funny because like sometimes i'll talk to like a brown homie of mine or just people of color in general be like yeah this dude's gonna vote of course he's gonna vote he's fucking white <laughs> <laughs> like and they're like yeah what's wrong with that i'm not concerned with you guys and we're like we're just playing like we're just like stereotyping you for a second but we're playing around yeah you know and it's funny because it's just like Yep, I'm going to do my thing. You guys can do whatever you want to do. But it's just like, I don't know. I mean, I, I think that sh- what what really got me to start voting, because for me a long time, you know, it was like alternative politics and anarchy. And, you know, yeah. I, I appreciate a lot of those philosophies 100%. Like, yeah. and there's parts of them that I, that I draw from for inspiration that I, yeah. like, you know, educate myself on for sure. Mm-hmm. But like the two party system thing always really fucked me up. I never gave, like, I was just like, how is this a democracy? If these are the choices, like this is not how this works. Yeah. But you know, like living in Texas actually was a huge, I'm not voting for me. Mm -hmm. I'm voting in solidarity with my POC, like, like people in my life and like in the fucking world who, yeah, like fought for this shit and like you know when you look at the polls who is constantly like saving the day in numbers is black women yeah and if like and who's constantly fucking shit up in the polls they came white women like you know what i mean so it's (laughs) like i i get like livid with my white friends if you don't vote i'm like i don't like i don't give it is your fucking duty like you have no reason not to do it like you get paid to go vote. All you literally, it's the least, it's, the least it's like below the standard of the least of yeah. the things that you can do. Yeah. Is vote. You it's know, so easy like, too. Like when they send your shit in the mail and you can just be like, done, you know? But even then, like, I kind of don't trust that shit anymore. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, I definitely, I voted, I made some like super shitty voting, (laughs) uh, choices this last election that if I would have dug a little deeper, um, I wouldn't have, have I I wouldn't have made them, but I mean, 
uh, you know, going back to it, like, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I will never be like the beacon of like what anything should be, you know, I'm just trying to like be my best self. And like, if that means voting, that's great that you say that because I feel like so many people are scared to even discuss how they feel when it comes to like a certain type of vote or politician or, you know, any type of shit like that. They're just like, eh, you know, I don't know. But, like, people that say, yeah, I'm not perfect, but, you know, I'm going to, like, get behind this. And I feel like that's better, <laughs> a better way of thinking of it because people are like, this motherfucker and that motherfucker, like, they didn't help me because they didn't vote for this. It was just like, well, that wasn't the right choice for you. I mean, for them. I mean, it was the right choice for them, but you shouldn't really get angry with other people that are, like, making decisions that aren't your decisions, you know? Yeah, and I feel like... It is important to vote, even though I didn't fucking vote, because I was just hella pissed because of, you know, what happened. I kind of knew that shit was going to happen. It's crazy because I had a friend, he's like, dog, you're going to vote for Donald Trump? I'm like, yeah, that fool's going to win, watch. And then he's like, dude, were you really? And I'm like, no, man, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> this dude's fucking winning. Like, I, And then everybody came out the woodwork, and I'm like, when he started running, I didn't even think that, like. I didn't even think anything racist about it. I was just like, oh, that's Trump, dude. Like, he's just being weird. Like, he's just him being him. But then you see all this other shit that's just connected to him. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, he's going to win because there's so much more hate in this country than there is love. Or even just, like, common sense. You know what I mean? I was like, holy shit, dude. He is going to win. And that, that I'm like, like I'm I mean, voting, man. even his Make America Great Again slogan and, you know, it, it, it like, kind of... So I got into it with a lot of friends about, I fucking hate Hillary Clinton. I, yeah. I fucking hate Hillary Clinton. I didn't There's vote so for many her. people that do too. I didn't vote for Donald Trump, but I absolutely did not vote for Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Um, and a lot of, and, and if I had to do it over again, you know, I believe in harm reduction. And like, I think if I had to do it over again, I, I'm, I'm, it would be really hard, but I might have checked the box. It's it's really hard for me. Right. I wrote I wrote candidates in yeah. because that's my that's my right as right. like a voting citizen. I didn't right? know that you could even do that. Like that's... you can write. I, I wrote in my 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 friend's um uh ten year old young woman of color. She's yeah. like amazing, and I wrote her in cool. because I refused to vote for Hillary Clinton. I think that like the Clintons. I mean, sure, if you go back to it, it all started kind of like with Nixon and the CIA and then rolled into Reaganomics yeah. that rolled into Bush that rolled into like Clinton. But but NAFTA, in my opinion, mm-hmm. is the most damaging, embarrassing, fucking destructive document of all time and is the reason why we are where we're at yeah. in almost every way from like the drug war to like tr- you know a- yeah. any trade like just anything the fact that like you know clinton locked up i, I mean yeah it just i i could go into this forever we could go on. but yeah. like i, agree I with fucking you, hate hillary clinton she was the number one supporter of the border wall that's already fucking there yep like and i was just like bro like I'm not voting for her like you know and and a lot of people are like well then you just voted for Donald Trump and it's like if that's if that's what it is and then that's what it is but like I fucking refuse and I think that's what's hard for people in politics is like you want them to be a perfect candidate there is no perfect candidate they're all fucking shit bags they're they're all pieces of shit all of them yeah there is an agenda for every one of them 
but I guess it's just like taking the time to like read those and do the research and like dig yeah. and find you know what your most important is your most important issue immigration or is it drug reform or is it you know like you kind of have to pick the lesser of of an evil in yeah. a way but again like as a white person yeah there's so many people that are like no it's not that it's like it just sucks because it is man like like you said there's no perfect candidate there's like so much shit that's wrong but i feel like if you can vote for more of like good shit and like something that you're going to support then at least you're doing that you know? And who's going to do more harm to my, to the people that right. I consider myself yeah. an accomplice to? For sure. You know? It, That's it, another thing Is I Trump going to do, like, is Trump going to do more damage? Or is Hillary Clinton going to do just as much damage, but people are allowed to be complacent because she's yeah. a quote-unquote Democratic president? You know? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying, I am not saying by any means that I, that I, I agree with anything that Donald Trump has done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and, and because I'm still safe, you know, I have a lot of friends who aren't as safe as they, you know, who have never been safe really, but like, right. you know, their sense of safety walking down the street since Donald Trump has, has become president is compromised. That's so it's, compromise. I come from a, a place of privilege to be able to say like, yeah. fuck Donald Trump and fuck Hillary Clinton. You right. know what I mean? Right. But it's like, who, who's going to do less damage? Yeah. Donald totally. Trump's saying it. He said yeah. it. You know, you know, it, it's like, you yeah. know who, you know what he stands for. Whereas like, I feel like, you know, the democratic party is like, sh you know, sheep. Yeah. Wolf and sheep's. Yeah. What is it? How, you know, wolf how sheep's the, clothing. yeah, there yeah. you go. Yep. But I, I you know, like I'll end that rant with, um, I have the privilege to have that opinion. Yeah. Do you think white people have an issue with just that word? White like, people? there's so many people that hate that word, and I'm just, they're like, oh, they'll use it to me, like, super sarcastically. They'll be like, oh, it's, I'm sure it's my privilege that you noticed that, and I'm like, yeah, it was. I'm not trying to be a douche to you, but uh, I that's think... why I see that shit everywhere. Like, I see issues um, that are involved with race everywhere, and it's crazy because a lot of white people don't, and I feel like it's something that... It's hard to say because I'm not saying like, yo, you need to learn, but I'm just saying other people should be more uh, empathetic or sympathetic to just people of color in general, you know, like how you said 20 seconds off limits. Totally not. You could do whatever you want, you know, but the fact that you even noticed that and observed that to me, it's like, yeah, cool. Like, I'm glad that she notices things like that because there's a bunch of other white people that live in this city that could care less, you know. And it just rolls over to, like, everyday life of just, like, being in the supermarket or, like, being at the doctor's office or just, just little things, you know, that happen. It's just, they they irk me so much because, like, they don't, they don't get it. But it's just, like, what can I do about it? You know, I can't really do anything. But the fact that um, you, another white person, are embracing, like, yeah, like, I'm privileged and I'm going to tell you why. It's cool to me. It makes me feel like, well... At least I know, like, I have, I feel like I have, like, a friend in you now, you yeah. know? Or it's, like, another white person, I could just kind of be like, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Okay, well, good talking to you. I don't <laughs> want to talk to you anymore, ever again. <laughs> Not because I hate you. I just don't feel like we connect or, like, you care about me, you know? So that's the thing. I mean, I think that, <clears throat> yeah, I think white people do have a word, a problem with the word privilege because yeah. I think in order to... I feel like they feel like they get attacked for it all the time. And it's just so prevalent and like, you know, 
this day and age that we're in now. I mean, in one respect, it's like you. I I, I don't know. They should get attacked. I mean, so <laughs> you you feel sad that you're getting attacked for it? Like, yeah. try bringing brown or black what for the it? last four fucking centuries, yeah. and then talk about like your fucking white fragility. You know what exactly. I mean? Like, that's what I was gonna say. The white fragility thing. It's it's yeah, and and you know, I had a I had a conversation this morning where I got called out on on how I appropriate Latin culture and how I am, you know, who I am allowed because I have a past that allows me to have access to a culture that isn't mine. Mm -hmm. And, and it was really hard to hear because it's like, I do, you know, this is, I have, this is not an excuse, but an explanation is, is like my connection to the Latin culture is very complicated and Mm -hmm. it runs really deep in my family. And like, it's, it's just really complicated. And, and and people who know me, the reason I get a pass a lot of the time is because people do know my story. Okay. You know what I mean? And they do know where I come from. And and so I do get like, okay, you're cool, but I, it still doesn't mean that I'm, it still yeah. doesn't mean that I don't have to dismantle white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't matter how fucking cool I am. It doesn't matter how many tattoos I have. It doesn't matter if I'm the only white person in the room most of the time. I still have to rigorously look at myself and look at my internalized racism and look at the things that I perpetuate, including appropriation. And I have to look at that and dismantle it. And that's brutal work. You know, it's, 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 it's really hard work because you're having to question your whole kind of existence, but I'll tell you what, that it, that that is not even a fraction in comparison of what people of color and Brown people and black people have to do to walk out of the fucking door. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, it's, it's like, I don't have much tolerance for it. And I got kind of defensive this morning. Cause I was like, wait, mm-hmm. but I have my story. And it's like, my right. story actually doesn't matter. It's how am I like responding to these things? And how am I like constantly like doing that work? Because I am, I do perpetuate white pre- pre- supremacy. I'm fucking white just by existing. Yeah. I have access to that privilege yeah. period. Like that's not, negotiable and so when people have their you know when white people have their like adopted brown children and their black lives matter signs and they're like be kind stickers on their fucking subarus they're like no but i'm cool yeah and it's like but that's not what we're talking about right and like yeah you know when people have to question their entire existence white people have to question their entire existence it like they don't know how to act you know and because to them that threatens everything, everything that allows them to have that privilege, absolutely right? Absolutely everything. Like absolutely <laughs> everything. And then when yeah. you realize the reason that you have privilege is because it's on the back, it's on the backs of black and brown people. Like you might as well fucking yeah. kill yourself. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, but no, then you have to like keep doing that fucking work, you know? And, and I don't have any sympathy for not doing it. And, and, you know, I've said it a million times, but like, I'm never going to be perfect at it and it's never going to yeah. look the right way. You know, it's well, never going to be the right way. But coming like, from a brown person, you are, I don't know, I think you're an amazing person. And just talking to you within this, what, 30, 45 minutes? I mean, I appreciate awesome, it. Awesome, dude. So cool. I mean, I appreciate it. and I hope It's that- better for, I'm not trying to say like, the reason I wanted you to be on the show is because I want you to say those things. I just, I wanted you, I feel like you coming on this show or on the uh, podcast show, like I'm super famous. Yeah, no, uh, that's not the show. <laughs> yeah, Put it out the there. show. No, 
But I just like like I said when I mentioned at the party, I'm like, I feel like she knows what the fuck like she's talking about, you know? And you obviously do. You know what's going on. And that's great that you feel like you could do that to like other people of your kind, you know? Like other white people just be like, Hey, I need to put you up on game on this. I'm not trying to be disrespectful to you. But I just want to tell you that this is why things are that way. And maybe you should consider, you know, taking a different route or saying something different or just, I don't know. I don't know. Or if you're disrespected, why are you feeling disrespected? You know what I mean? Why that person felt disrespected from you. Let me tell you from a white person's perspective, why you disrespected that person. You know, I don't know who you had the, the argument with or discussion or whatever, but it's cool to hear that you're talking to people about it. Because I feel like that's one of the major things that goes unsaid amongst white people. Like, they just don't want to talk about it. And it's just like, we have to, you know? I feel like you have to talk about it if it's going to get fixed. You have to, like, come down from the pedestal and be like, well, let me think critically on why that person got upset at me, you know? That's not another white person. So Totally. And I I think that's where the... The work comes in with white people doing work with white people is so that mm-hmm. people of color don't have to, you know, they should, they should yeah, have because to do we that feel later. totally like not intimidated, but just like, I don't know. I feel like it's just like, <laughs> I don't know, not disrespect, but we're, we're just trying to do our best to have you communicate with us better in a way that is not going to come across as racist or ignorant, you know? Yeah. And it's just better if, like, other white people be like, yo, can you guys talk about this amongst yourself? And then come back and be <laughs> yeah, like, yo, totally. sorry about this and that. Let me fix it and let me tell you what I can do to help you fix these other things. You know, only if you want it, you know? And that's it. So. Yeah, white people on some, white people. On some different shit. On some different shit. Yeah, and and like, myself, myself included, you know? But, like, I can't... <laughs> racism is, like... It's the fucking worst, man. Yeah, it's a it's, monster. It's the fucking worst. It is. A, it is a monster, and I and it's, I it's, and it's up to white people to dismantle that. Yeah, like we created it. Yeah, we created it. I, you know, like your ancestors, <laughs> our my ancestors created it. We we yeah. fucking created it, and I don't think that it's ever gonna go away. No, but never. if on this small like local level, and if like on this, you know, sitting at this table, like having yeah. this conversation, like, and you know, I like. You know, if you have a white homie that's like on some dumb shit, you can be like, hey, I'm not going to have this conversation with you, but I know somebody who will, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then like yeah. we come together and like have that conversation, yeah. you know, and and I feel like it's important for me to be called out on that shit and for me to do the work, too, because I do have access to communities of color that mm-hmm you know, have let me into their communities. And yeah. I, and I feel like some type of way about like being extra vigilant and extra mm-hmm. responsible for that. And I have, you know, friends of color that will call me out on some dumb white shit that shouldn't have to do that labor, but mm-hmm. because yeah. they trust me and because they've let me in, you know, that I, I feel super lucky and super privileged yeah. to have that point of where I have access to communities yeah. That will call me on my shit, but then that's when I need to turn around. You know, that's when I need to, like, listen, take accountability, shut the fuck up, and then, like, you know, take right. it back to, like, my, you know, like, yeah. other white people. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of white people don't have that access to that community yeah. and in the same way that I that I do. And it's funny, you know? too, because it would just there are white people that would be like, well, why didn't you just tell me? And it's like, well, I fucking can't. <laughs> 
Well, and because I don't fucking... want to have some fucking conversation I about should, it. Yeah, like... one, I shouldn't have to, but two, like, I, just, I don't know. But anyways, person of color coming from Tucson, now where you're residing, thank you for everything that you're doing. Yeah, of course. No doubt. Let's talk about, like, fun stuff now. Yeah, fun stuff. I noticed <laughs> on, your, on your Instagram, you're taking pictures of... I don't know if it's like you know this person or you're just like, yo, there's that tag again. Oh, eyesore. Yeah, I'm super curious. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Because I, I love those. I love pictures of graffiti where it's just like, you don't know what the fuck that is, but it's something. Yeah, you know? so I fucking love graffiti. I love more than like, I love graffiti. And, it, you know, I think that there's like, there's bombs, there's graffiti, there's hand style. Like to me, coming up in my community, graffiti was like writing. Yeah. It was just graffiti, you know, like mm-hmm. de- defacing, if you will. And that was like the 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 city's, you know, idea of graffiti wasn't the big bombs and the and the and the pieces, right? It was just like what people were writing on. Yeah. And um I love I I mean the old, you know, I grew up in Los Angeles and so I would see roll calls for a half a mile of like the sickest hand styles in East LA, you know, like yeah. I grew up looking at that shit. I've been obsessed wow. with it my, my whole life. I, I love that shit. I feel like and because of what I ju- you just told me, like you're trying to hold on to like what you love and you're seeing it in Tucson. You're like, Oh, there's that one I'm, person. I'm telling because you graffiti yeah. like that, like those tags, like I feel like they're far and few in between unless you like go to like a fucking alley or some shit, you know, because totally. it's like hardly anywhere in this city. And he, and that, like, I don't know who that is. I don't need to know who that is. But also, so the thing I love about Eyesore is that it's not one style either. Like, and yeah. some of his tags are super shitty, like <laughs> toy looking tags on a fucking dumpster. That's why I love them though. Cause I'm like, and then other this, ones are like drippy. One. Yeah. And then he's got some like bomb, you know, halfway bombs. Like, mm-hmm. I'm just like, who, and they're like all city. Mm-hmm. Like I see, I mean, I I don't ha- hang out this deep south. I don't know if he's down here, but like I haven't seen him. I've seen him, like, so north of twenty second in my zone, north ah. of twenty second, the west side, <laughs> the east side, and like north of where I stay at. The okay. last one I saw was right there at um on an old house. The last one I posted on Instagram was on, on a house on um like Stone, just north of Grant. Yeah. So, so uh, to you, that's the like hella north side, right? Uh, yeah. It's so, just yeah, a I bit don't... further north than like I don't know. I just, I do go like only twenty second, like maybe Broadway and Speedway sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't really go to Grand for any reason. But yeah, I love I I just love that dude. I love yeah. I, and yeah, it, like man or woman, we don't know who it is. Yeah, right? you're right. You're right. We don't know who it is. Touche, touche. Yeah. But I, and, I hope and it's a woman. because they're just like clearly <laughs> where they get up at the areas of the city and what they actually are writing on yeah. to me like that person is doing it for like the love and because yeah. it's in them yeah. not because they're trying to get like it's, notoriety yeah. or, or you because know what I mean like I feel like in this city that doesn't even exist anymore you know there's I feel like uh when like people have festivals or whatever like the graffiti um homies will come out and be like oh you got boards like oh yeah I'll do it up but it's like I don't want to see that, like, in a sense. I want to see the shit when they're going out at night, the fucking, the wall. Like, I want to see it in the city. Yeah. Like, I feel like where it belongs, and I feel like a lot of youth are kind of slowly getting back into that. But 
it's just been I feel like dead for a long time because I only see it like by the freeway, you know, or like in the hood. It's not really it's not really prevalent in the hood anymore. So I think a lot of that has to, I mean, besides policing, I mean, like policing is like next fucking level. Mm-hmm. The police state is just like fucking insane. It just gets worse and worse. But I, I mean, I fucking blame everything on social media. Dude. But like, <laughs> you know, when I was growing up, that's how you, that's how like other writers met other yeah. writers or that's how you knew like, oh, somebody from this city is in this town. You know what I mean? Like, I went to high school in Temple City, which is, like, just east of um, Pasadena and just north of Rosemead. And, like, you could tell Rosemead's hand style Mm -hmm. from, like, you know, Temple City or Duarte. Like, you could tell, like, where people were at. It was, like, a way to, like, communicate with each other. It was a way to, like, have beef with each other, right? Like, it, it was, like, there was... I, f- I feel like social media has taken a lot away right. from that. And You're like, totally right. because like now when you, when you just have this phone in your hand, you don't need your book. You don't need your graffiti book. Mm-hmm. You don't need to practice your hand style. You don't need to like that, that it's just a different form of, I think of, um, expressions social media has become. And I've learned to embrace it a lot because I've worked with youth and it's yeah. like, it does so much for them and especially ones that have figured out how to like use it for tools and promote themselves and to like, oh, you know, get yeah, out there in ways great. that like, yeah, for that they never could, you know, but mm-hmm. I think that like, that's why there's, there's such a huge gap in, in like, yeah. in, in that, in the graffiti yeah, scene. I feel like graffiti is the last dying element of like, hip hop. Like, <laughs> no, not even hip hop, just like kind of rebellion. If you want to go up and like put something up, you know, like, just going out at night, I just, I don't know. I wish it was out more. I wish people went out and did that shit, but it's like, it doesn't even matter now because people aren't looking out. They're looking at their fucking phone. Just like you said, they're like, oh, I saw that post you did. And they'll be like, well, did you see this tag? I was like, no, nah, I was looking at my phone. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, nah, I didn't see that shit, man. Whatever. Let's- I, well, it's become a game, too, because I have a couple of friends who... I'm like, okay, when you... And, and I, I wish I knew the city better visually because mm-hmm. like we had this thing where it's like all right if you see an eyesore you take a picture of it but in the picture include like something in the picture that gives me an idea of like where it's at okay because then i'll go find it dope and then i'll take a picture and post it you know because i'm not yeah. gonna take a picture of something i didn't see that somebody else sent me like especially right. when it comes to that you yeah. know like and half of the fun is like seeing it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. standing in front of, like going it and finding it. Mm-hmm. So it's also become like a game yeah. where it's like, and then finally, like my homies were seeing all these eyesores and they're like giving me hints, and I'm like, <laughs> just tell me where it's at because I don't know, like yeah. I don't know the city Damn. well enough, you know. But like, yeah. yeah, it's become like a whole. Well, now that you told me the area, I'm definitely probably just gonna go drive up there and be like, hmm. I've heard, I've heard, there. I've heard that he's been up as far east as like. Craycroft, maybe. Okay. It's like Craycroft. And you said and West too, right? Yeah, but just like right on the other side of the highway. Oh, not okay. like too West. Oh, okay. And he's I not mean, going like to Silver Bell? No. <laughs> he's not well, going I don't to know. Tucson. Maybe. Maybe. That would be dope. Yeah. The West is so untapped with like anything graffiti. I That's fucking like, love the West Side. I, I was just driving I love it through too. the West. It's I so chill. My bike. It's chill. I used to live up there or over there for a couple of years on uh Grant Silverbell, and I loved it. Yeah, I love yeah. the West Side. So I wanted to ask you one more thing. How do you feel about, like, the music as, as far as, like, 
what's on the radio compared to what you're hearing locally. Like, do you, cause I feel like there's no comparison. Like the things like, as far as like the Ojalá show, I feel like they would, they could get a song on the radio and people would be like, eh, I don't want to hear that. Like they want to listen to the fucking, what's popular right now. You know what I mean? As far as like music and rap, it's just fucking trap ass shit, which is fine. It's but, garbage. It's easy. It's it's like candy to me. Yeah. It's like I have to eat it because I love it, but it's yeah. fucking garbage. Like, do you even listen to the radio at all? So I listen to like at work we have um like a Spotify radio, which fuck Spotify. Um <laughs> so this is kind of a loaded question. It's interesting that you asked that because on the way over here I was listening to Absol. Okay. And I think that Absol is like the most slept on rapper in like the last decade on, easily he's majorly slept on in his crew but like yeah and because of his crew right yeah. i went to the i went to the championship tour and like wow. literally Dope. literally absol did like a three song medley and i was like that's who i can't like that absol and sizza and sizza actually ended up canceling that show and dude, i was I so SZA, fucking dude. bummed and then absol did like like a three song medley and i'm like Fuck. this is that's kind of whack. I'm like, J-Rock <laughs> got a huge spot. I, fu- I fucking hate J-Rock. I, I don't fuck with J-Rock. But, like, definitely in the TDE crew, like, and the Black Hippie crew, like, I feel like he's super slept on. And I was thinking on yeah. the way over here, like, some of his tracks, like, are totally radio playable. But because you have to think about what he's saying, mm-hmm. you, they don't play him on the radio. Like, the hooks... The fucking beats, like all of it, it's like it's a radio hit, but they're gonna play the trap shit because it's the same. The, it's it's easy to listen to. You can remember the words, and they're not saying shit. Right, right. So you don't have to think about like yeah, think about sure. anything. Yeah. Um. I also you like I before I moved to Tucson, I worked in the music business, and so yeah. I like. It's really hard to get me to go to a show now because for the last like ten solid years of my life. I like that's all I did every day was like yeah. go to shows and do festivals and shit. So it's like, wow. it's even hard for me to like, <laughs> to like even get out there. But yeah. I will say, well, I like, saw you at the last show. But yeah, I, I but I fuck that. with Ohala heavy, yeah. like super heavy. And them bringing in, you know, them bringing in the trees and who's like a young, like, I don't know, surf rocky kind of like weird amalgamation of like a lot of like bands, but to see like the trees come in who are not hip hop, but because Ohala is coming up, they're bringing their little homies up. Yeah. And it's like this train of like, cool, you got talent. Well, like we're going to bring all bring each other up. And then having the trees are learning cues, DJ cues beats, how to play them. Mm -hmm. So then the trees are now playing Ohala's beats while they're rapping over them. And I'm like, I saw the roots doing this shit in like 98, 99, you know, it it like takes me back. I didn't know they did that. That's dope. Why I wanted to, I mean, it's like live musicians, musicians, like live instrumentation. You don't see, like you don't see that in hip hop. And that's why I know when I go to like an Ohala show, I'm going to see the reason why I even listen to music. Yep. And kind of anything less than that. It's also like speaking of privilege, I haven't had to pay for a show in f- like 13 years. So like to pay <laughs> sixty dollars to go see two chains, which I should have done it 
because I love two chains, but I didn't. It's oh, also shit. like to pay a bunch of money. I'd rather go to an Ohala show, pay for the money to go to the trees and to go to Ohala or anybody that they're fucking with and buy a shirt and buy some stickers yeah. and spend 60 bucks that way. Yeah. Cause I know, you know, two chains is going to sell out. All that shit's gonna like people yeah. are gonna go to those shows, you know. Yeah. So I seen him when he came to Tucson. One time. Ah, that was so I like. <clears throat> I went with my I friend love o- Two Chains. Yeah, my friend Odette. She, uh, I think she actually hooked me up with the ticket. It was like at um, the where they do slaughterhouse, like that like old meatpacking place. It's on Grant, right across the street from Century, the old Century movies. You see it? There's like a huge mural of like cows and like farmers. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You know That's down the street from my house. Yeah. Okay. There's a show there. Yeah, they have shows there. Wait, what? Yeah. So It's by the highway, no? Right by the freeway. Yeah, like Yeah. And it's where they do uh the the haunted house shit. Yes. What and the fuck is it people tag on that cowboy or on that yeah. mural and the they time. paint it over, they fix it. Yeah, they fix it. So all somebody the time. fixes it all the time. That's yeah. so funny. <laughs> Whoa, that's kind of a cool place to have a show. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it was pretty there. dope. It's there was I'm sure it sold out, but it was pretty dope. Cause like at that time I'm like, I ain't trying to see this shit. But then when I went, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, it's pretty tight. And then now I kind of have a new appreciation. To, I mean, I, yeah, I, I mean, like. Which I'm, I should have because he was like, what? What crew was he in before? He was just by himself. I forget. Two Chains? Yeah. I thought, I mean, what was the first album? College Dropout? Or no. Uh, I don't even remember. I'm gonna, yeah, I don't. I can't, I can't sure. remember. His. I don't know that he was with the crew before. Maybe he was. Yeah. Um, fuck. Odette would know. We're we're sleeping on our hip hop. I'm sleeping, history. dude. Yeah. There's just so much shit and I'm just like I feel bad because it's like, am I getting old? Or is that shit just like not relevant to me right now? I'm like, I don't care. I think <laughs> because it's I'm both. like what the fuck? I think it's it both. is both, dude. I think it's both because like but also I mean they're just not music isn't being again taking it back to like social media. You know, there's beats that are made on like garage band fucking stock free beat sounds. Yeah. That are like platinum hits. Yeah, dude. Like, you the, know what's... the Umbrella song, you know, the Rihanna, Rihanna yeah. Umbrella. That's yeah, a yeah, fucking yeah. stock-free garage band beat. That's crazy. That somebody put together. And it's like, I think it's a diamond hit now. Like She has hits, though. I mean, she's a hitter. We're, Yo. She's, she's, I love her. She's got another <laughs> album. I do, too. I she's Rihanna. got an album coming out this, this yeah. year. But I guess to go back to your original question, I can't really, I don't really know like radio versus Tucson. I don't go out a lot, but when okay. I do, it's to support like Ohala cool. and anything that they're doing. Or yeah. if I have homies that are touring through town. Yeah. I just feel like because there's so many people, like there's so many rappers in this town and I feel like a lot of them put out music that it's either totally not relevant to what's going on in the scene right now, which is cool. I like that. But I feel like, People, that's another reason why they don't go, because they're like, I kind of don't want to hear that. Like, that's not what I listen to, man. And it's crazy because people that, you know, they want to blow up or whatever they want, they want to get more recognition in the city, but they have their own sound. I feel like that's one main problem with kind of Tucson, because it's like, I listen to a lot of shit that is not on the radio. And then I listen to shit on the radio, and I'm like, well, I guess I can see why people like it. But then I go to a show, and I'm like, man this doesn't sound like anything like that the majority would like which is cool in a sense but it's just like i feel like rappers get discouraged because people don't come out do you do you like find that i mean i think that's hip-hop in general i think that's always like i on a local level yeah on a local level on a local level i don't know maybe i mean i was just dumb 
what I just said. No, I, <laughs> no, I think it, I think it's definitely relevant. I mean, people get discouraged because people don't come out, and like hip hop has that like thing that comes along with it too, where it's like the clothes and the fashion and the jewelry and the fronts yeah. and the like, you know, like all of the things all encompassing, yeah. and it's like there's a different standard for what people consider to be successful hip hop or yeah, rap, you know, whereas like in rock, they're playing some shitty ass drum kit in somebody's garage, but they're going to become famous because that's the aesthetic. Right. Right. But the aesthetic in hip hop isn't, it's selling out shows. Yeah. It's having jewelry. It's having fucking chicks. It's having cars. Yeah. It's like having shoes. It's all of that thing. So yeah. it's like, I feel like the standard of what, people want in hip hop or like what is the intention behind you making hip hop music? Is right. it because that's eventually what you want? Yeah. Because if that's eventually what you want, you kind of got to figure out how to get that yeah. already and I feel like to be that's considered relevant. Another reason why people don't support other artists because they're like, Oh, is that what like, you know, well, you're a rapper. Oh, okay. Like just like every other dude, like I feel like they don't want to support it because it's like, they feel like it's not real in a sense. And I feel bad because I used to DJ and I know like the struggle that rappers go through and it's just like this dream that they're like, not dream because you can, you can make it, but in a sense you can only make it so far, you know? And I kind of feel bad because it's just like, you put all that energy into your art and people are just like, I'll go to the next one. I'll go to the next one or sell me a, sell me a shirt. I'll buy a shirt. And it's just like, they're dying to like have people come and like engage and like, just like be there at the shows, you know? And I just feel like the shit that people do like, it's just like such trash. And it's, I don't know. It's hard. It's kind of heartbreaking for me because it's like, I'm older now. I don't DJ anymore. This is kind of like what I'm doing now. Just like my lower Arizona shit where it's like, I try and be involved as much as possible. Like with the uh, social, you know, anything type of like political that's going to like further the benefit of, you know, brown people, people of color. But I also love music too, because I used to like do it all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, I feel like kind of you in a sense where it's like, I don't even want to go to shows anymore. But then I see a show like the Ohala one where it's just like all these people, all these artists and like the truth is there. I didn't get to stay for them, but I was like, yes, I'm going to make it a point to get my ass up and go to the show and pay my fucking six dollars and fucking support. And actually, I bought some art from uh, this girl that I talk to all the time. I'm like, and Mercy. No, it wasn't Mercy. Was it was a, I was another girl named Cora. She had a she was kind of like towards the end of the gallery and she had the smile night cry later she had some cactus oh yeah, yeah yeah so i bought one of those cool. but yeah i talked to her online and i feel like social media is good there but it's just like you have to put that shit into action like you know people can post totally. so much but you actually have to get your ass up and go and support these people that you're saying that you want to support like going back to like that tucson for free free families thing all the support online all the comments i'm gonna go i'm gonna go facebook groups yeah i'll be there Oh, supposedly we're going to have a thousand people show up. And then you went there and there's just like fucking 50 or 60. Yeah. I feel like more people need to like go out and engage and like actually get the fuck off their phone or even bring your fucking phone, but like talk to people, take pictures, make new friends. You know, it's just like, this is my, what our third time meeting. Yeah. But I've seriously talking to you in two minute intervals. Like, <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I'd be like, Hey, what's up? You want to do this? Cool. Which is like, by the way, thank you. Yeah, no, of course. Thanks yeah. for having me. Yeah. But that's, I mean, it's easy for people to be on their phones. It's easy to feel yeah. like when you like Super something easy. or you, you know, you post a comment like, yeah, like 
that's it, I mean it's it's what they whoever they are call performative politics. You know, yeah. it's real easy to to do those things, but to show up is really fucking hard. And uh, I'm more likely to show up for like Ohala and anything that they do because yeah. I know that they're gonna bring it and I know their intentions and they're very clear about their intentions too. You know, like Which, a lot of yeah, I'm so like I'm so glad that they express themselves in the way they do because I feel like more artists need to take a page out of their book and be like, yeah, this is what I'm about. Because the more that I know about you artistically or, like, what you want to do or, like, the views you want to express, and if they do end up aligning with mine, I'll fucking go and support you, man. Yeah. You know, or woman. <laughs> but it's just, like, they only put out a limited product, and it's just, like, eh, I don't want to go. Like, I like those songs. Like, I'll put, like, I'll fucking double tap your Instagram post, but you're not, you're unfortunately not going to get me out to go see that show or go support you in your cause. I feel like more people need to put more information and just more of their heart into it and i'm not saying that people don't like i'm just saying that's what i look for but i think people do but it's the intention behind it like yeah. what are you what is your intention like why are you really doing this is it because you want to get famous is it because you want like all of these things right. or you know why like are you, you rapping totally about what you're rapping though. about you know it's why i hate rick ross <laughs> fuck rick ross that dude is a co yeah like what yeah. And now, you're, like, what? And you named yourself Freeway. Like, the there way. was a Freeway Rick Ross. Like, there was. That that was a real dude. And you were a fucking pig that took some, the a real Freeway Rick Ross's yeah. name? No. The level like, that he's absolutely at. not. Like, how, how does anybody support that dude? Like, all of my friends are like, fuck the police. I'm like, I don't even want to hear it, bro. <laughs> You buy Rick Ross records. Yep. And he was the worst kind of cop. The worst, not not that they're not, like. Yeah. But a CO, like. Was he like crooked? Was he a crooked kind of CO? Is that kind of like how he came up? They all are. They're all, they have to be. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, man. But like. But the way that, the level that he's at and how people still support him, it's kind of crazy. It blows my fucking mind. mind. He's a mega star. Like that I pool was on. Snoop Dogg show with Martha Stewart, like it's wild, he's on Jay Z's. He's on Jay Z's album. albums, and like I, Jay Z's my favorite. You love Jay Z, right? Time. I love Jay Z. I, I thought I read something. I think it was Instagram. Where you're like, I love Jay Z. He's the like, goat, man. For me, like, I'm not saying he's the like. He's just my favorite. He's my favorite, and yeah. like, what an empire! And talk about like somebody that talks about what who they it's why i love drake like yeah it's i like and i feel people like dudes me don't so, want to admit they like drake but they listen to drake by, dude, when they're by themselves i know they do I love me some drake man i love drake and that because the thing about drake and and it's the same you know like taking a pace from jay-z's book like they rap about what they like they they rap about their shit they're not making some shit up like right drake talks about being a crybaby he raps about being jimmy he raps about yeah. like you know, he like doesn't take himself all that seriously yeah. in a lot of ways. You know, yeah. he like makes fun of himself almost, or like he gets, I don't know. I, but like Drake is not Jay Z. Jay Z was <laughs> did it before Drake, but I, I love Jay Z. Yeah, I was surprised. But I, I, I skipped the Ross, right, I skipped the Rick Ross song every fucking oh, time. Every time, yeah. Every time. I've seen, uh, I was really surprised that Jay even jumped on some of Drake's music because I, I agree with you. Like, he's one of the greatest, Jay Z. I'm like, he's not going to give Drake that time. And he's like, oh shit, he's on there. And I was like, damn. 
Because Drake is fucking talented. He is. Like, I don't... He, I just didn't think that his, he would think that he is. <laughs> his, I mean, I his, like, shit. Drake's... And he's got a good body of work, too. Hell like, yeah. Those Drake's are, been grinding for yeah. a fucking minute. Those early mixtapes are They're dope. so Super dope. fucking good. And, like, yeah. I don't care. You know, there was a... Have you watched the... Um, You know the show The Shop, LeBron James? Yeah. So, I ended up... It was posted all over fucking online, so I, I had it? to see that segment. Yeah. So, I loved that segment, and it was really cool to see Drake too, like in a like, just it was it felt candid, like it felt yeah. like he was we were like a fly on the wall of like him talking to like his yeah, boys, you know, like sure. I really appreciated that the yeah the way that that was, but I like you know in that interview or in that discussion, Drake was like, you know said something about ghostwriters or something and he's like look man like i believe that music is a collaborative yeah like thing you know uh -huh. like there's not one like you can't give me shit about me getting a song from someone else when it's all like everybody's all doing one. the same thing it's, yeah everybody's doing the same thing Agreed. look one of the fuck one of the best hip-hop records of all time is though kim's hardcore you think she wrote that album you listen to those lyrics biggie wrote that yeah biggie wrote that album there's no there's no way but it's for me top ten best best records of all time. I was when she was coming up. I was a Foxy Brown dude. I was like Foxy. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but well, I love Lil Kim too. Well, because I mean, I think, but Foxy had. I I I can see where you're coming from. She, Foxy didn't have an all around hit record. Il Nana no. was a good record. I feel like that but was the biggest one. She also did stuff with like, did she do stuff with like before she did like Il Nana with like Freestyle Fellowship and like not one hundred percent sure. She did a lot of like underground shit that was really good. Like she yeah. was slept on, but she was slept on because of Lil Kim. Yeah. Like I totally believe that. And because she yeah. was in that that space between like you had like Queen Latifah, MC Light. I mean, I even throw like Bahamadia in that era. You know, like <laughs> yeah. you have like that era yeah. and then it skipped to like the next era of uh -huh. you know, it's like for me when I went from like Tribe Called Quest to NF36 Chambers to like Wu Tang. Okay. It's like that that same jump yeah. for me, you know? But yeah, Lil' Kim didn't write that record. Yeah. Get, like, she's not write that record, <laughs> but it's a good record. <laughs> Any other female MCs that you uh, think are up there? Like, top 10 or just overall the shit? So I'm definitely trying to not look at it as like, oh, well, they're a female MC. Like, I'm just trying to look at it because it's always like, oh, well, that band's good for being a bunch no, of I chicks, know. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. I'm just kind of saying in that, in that same realm, Lil' Kim. Um... Which, by the way, I saw Lil' Kim like five or six years ago, and she fucking killed it, which I was really surprised by. She didn't have any backing tracks on her raps, which I thought was like really Where'd crazy because everybody does. I saw her um, at Emo's in Austin. Oh, dope. Yeah. Um, other MCs right now that just so happen to be female, Rhapsody's the shit. She is dope. She's the shit. I, I slept like on her amazing. for a while. So did I. Um, but then unfortunately, I, was I just I was feel like, like that's their thing, you know. Like you're gonna sleep on a female MC for whatever reason. Because it's know a if it's fucking promotion. patriarchal, like yeah, it's, dude, you're it's right. A man's world, you're hip hop right. is. You're right, and it's just like I hate that. But it's just like once you get to know the music, you're like, oh, dude. I think dope. the most slept on. I think right now. So besides Absol, and this, she's even more slept on, and it is Snow the product, dude. Really. She's Isn't she, such a good she's fucking rap. fire, dude. She's like, she can spit fucking. I mean, she Spanish, can spit English, 
whatever. Like, and and you know because it's a fucking man's world, and because yeah. you have to have this like formula, right? As like a, a yeah. as somebody that identifies as a woman in hip hop, you have to have this formula of how you have to sell yourself. Right. Like I fucking hate Nicki Minaj. I think oh, she's sh- fucking garbage. I think Nicki Minaj wouldn't have a career if it wasn't she calls herself the queen bee like you aren't basically taking kim i mean took kim's, kim's whole shit took her whole thing took her whole thing took my aesthetic she took so <laughs> Nicki minaj i heard this speaking of the radio i heard this song on the radio and it was Nicki minaj talking about um like this song talking about like all the dudes and rap that she's fucked and like yeah i've heard that song okay dreams of fucking an r&b dick Lil Kim did that, like, I'm like, what are you, <laughs> Just taking is, the blueprint? nobody's paying it, like, it is literally, she took the blueprint, the blueprint <laughs> of Lil Kim's career, thank you, yeah. <laughs> but, but who did blueprint for Jay-Z, Karis one, yeah, yeah so it's like, yeah. y- you know, but, you don't have Jay-Z talking about, like, I'm, call me Karis yeah. one, like, yeah, I love, if Jay-Z one. was like, Oh, call me KRS One. Everybody be like, "What?" But Nicki Minaj yeah. is like, "I'm the Queen Bee," and everybody's like, "Yeah, you are." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah you are. just the kids coming up. They just who Lil who? <sighs> yeah, yeah, it drives That's me funny. nuts. No, it but I really, yeah, I like. I kind of got my girl to listen to more like Snow the Product because I'm like, actually, she's really good because she feels the same way. She's like, Nicki Minaj is trash. If she sounds like her, I really don't want to listen to it. I'm like, okay, let me pop it in, and she's like, this sounds really trappy, and I'm like, just listen. And like, yeah, it's what she's It's saying. pretty good. Yeah, I had to say, like, I don't know what it's going to take for her to, like, blow out of the water, but she's, I feel like it's just a bomb waiting to erupt. Because she's really popular right now, as it is. Yeah. But I feel like on that, like, Cardi B type level, where, like, they always, she always gets questions. Would you collab with her? Or, like, what do you think of her? Like, I, I think. Know. I feel like Cardi, I feel like she could be bigger than Cardi, except for, like, that whole sexual aesthetic as- aspect, because that's not her style. Totally. But and yeah, she's knows openly gay. So yeah. like that's also another thing. That's other another thing that's Cardi B is unf- probably like my favorite thing in music right now. Yeah. And has been for a while. Oh, good. My girl too. She loves her. I mean, like, she's that I mean, even since love and hip hop, but Cardi sells it right. Cardi has that aesthetic. She's unapologetic. Yeah. But like also, if you notice, I mean, the reason why I love Cardi is because Cardi talks shit about everybody and she does. everything. She gives no fucks. And because she, and that's how you can tell mm. how fucking real like she really is because like yeah. a lot of, a lot, especially like women identified folks can't talk about, they have to maintain this certain level of like yeah. composure or they can't talk about this celebrity or that celebrity or they can't talk about politics. And Cardi B's like, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, this is me. I've always been this fucking way. Yeah. Like, her Instagram videos give me life, bro. Like, every <laughs> day I, like, check to see, like, all right, where's my girl at? Yeah. How's she feeling? Yeah. Like, what's up? And she can and she can fucking rap, too. Yeah. I and like- I love that she had Spanish rap on her English album. Yeah, that's kind of why I say if Snow could just, like, either get on a track with Cardi or just kind of on that level, people would be like, what the fuck? Low-key, I think Cardi's scared. I mean, I would be too. I mean, (laughs) Snow's pretty amazing. Like, just from a hip-hop aspect, I'm just like, how are you not just, like, everywhere right now? Like, and female rap is kind of, like, where it's at right now, you know, because of Cardi. 
But yeah, I'm glad the way she speaks unapologetically because she does say some stuff. Like when she was talking about the shutdown, I'm like, oh, everybody's gonna come for her now. And then like people, a few people did. When and then she commented Tommy, Tommy, Tommy Lauren. Tommy Lauren, and she was like, like "Leave me alone, shit. I'll dog walk you." I was <laughs> yeah. like. Mic drops. I was like, damn, dude. And then she actually commented more on like why she said that and like to other people. And I'm like, damn. I'm like, I'm glad whoever's consulting with her before she tweets this shit because this shit's on point. Like, I don't think she does. I think that's the point. And that's that's what I'm saying. I'm like, (laughs) I hope you're consulting with someone. Just, but if you're not, damn, you're killing it. And like, that's cool. Yeah. (laughs) You know who I do miss is Missy. Dude, nobody's going to fucking replace her. I love her. I love Missy Elliott. Coming she changed up, the game like, in rap, period. Yeah. Like ta- like that artistic, Yeah, like just weird. I mean, that she, she was, was... Like Busta Rhymes, Missy Elliott, I feel it's the same thing. Even though like they hardly even make music anymore. But I heard, I think she's coming out with something. I don't know. That just might have been a rumor. It pops me out that, but because like Ghostface is still making records. Like, yeah. Everybody's, there's he a lot on, of old uh, dudes that are still making records. He was on... A track recently with uh man, what's her name? She's like she used to be like super uber famous when she was sixteen. She was on the My Sweet Sixteen show back in the day. Do you remember that? Oh, I forget what her name was. But I feel like she, I should be making a list of the things I, I know. forgot. So I'm like <laughs> look them up. Uh, I'll send it to you later on but IG. I, I but, feel like but I feel like Buster Rhymes is like one of the. I feel like the the old school dudes that are still making records are still kind of making the same records honestly yeah. like but i feel like buster rhymes got so much shit when he made when he started making like records with like mariah carey and mm. you know like when he started making that they're like oh that's it buster's done and it's like in a sense yeah but like but why though like people said <laughs> that shit about q-tip like on his first on q-tips for uh, amplified on his first solo record right I love that record more than some tribe records and yeah. I've had tribe fans want to stab me in the neck for that. But like <laughs> that record is so fucking good, but they're yeah. like, well, he's just talking about chicks or like, I feel like it's just, like, why is it fucked up to talk about love and hip hop? Like, yeah, you could talk about f- fucking some chick from behind, but if you talk about you love her, like the, your yeah. career's over, like the fuck is Drake, that? where you at? I know that's what my <laughs> sad boys club for real, dude. Drake. As many sad girls as they're out there, there's trust me, there's just, just as, many as many sad boys that hate themselves, that hate the way they look. That we like, I I kind of went through that too, like a long time. It took me a long time to like learn to kind of like love who I was, and just the way I looked because I was like, I feel like I could get that girl or like I could talk to her, and then I wouldn't just because you have no confidence, you know? Yeah. But you feel like other kids other guys coming up and they're just kind of expressing themselves that's why i feel like ohala is amazing too because like they're just expressing themselves and they're just, all the songs are like they're pretty dope in my eyes like uh music by ray mm-hmm. the ray dude yeah i think he's hella dope and uh it kind of it kind of discouraged me a little bit when uh i guess something happened to him or like something went on i was like oh well that's too bad but at least his homies are telling him like yo this is wrong or whatnot i don't know what happened but yeah, I mean, those, he's back and like doing, yeah. it, doing it again, which is cool. You know, we all make mistakes, but I don't know what it was, like I said before. But I mean, there's a lot of assumptions. They haven't come out and pu- set, publicly said it um, mm-hmm. for reasons of like of, of of like the women involved. You know, it's, oh, okay. it's like there's, you know, you'll have to have Ray or one of them on to like, you, yeah, I mean, I specifically Ray um, to talk about that. But I, I, I think like it. the important 
part of that was like the accountability piece, which like men aren't conditioned to like, you know, it's like men and masculinity is like very looks is supposed to look like very one type of way. Yeah. And like, there is no room for like sensitivity or, you know, I mean, I'm not a dude, so a man, so I can't like speak to these things and nor do I identify as one. So it's like, no, you're right. But you know, I think that men are conditioned in ways that, don't allow them to be sad or to be open yeah. about like not feeling confidence. Just like they're supposed to get that chick and they're supposed yeah. to like get that money and, you know, like do yeah. all of this shit. And then when, when they fuck up, it's like how, when we fuck up, you like know, everything it, comes down on us. We're like, fuck everything and, because we're not supposed to make mistakes. You know what I mean? That's what's the whole masculinity thing. Do it right. Do it right. The first time and it's just like, fuck. And like, I was totally brought up that way. Like, don't cry like stop crying yeah and now it sucks because like when i actually am wrong and i'm like i'm realizing my fuck up like i get teary-eyed I'm yeah like, what the fuck because but it's know, all I, right i have three kids and i'm like i hated when my dad did this to me and i'm being the same fucking person and it's just like you're what you said earlier your condition that's just ingrained in me don't cry stop crying get over here do it right the first time what did i just say it's like fuck dude like well, and that extends kids. that extends to like to you know sex and sexuality and like yeah. rape culture and you know when when like in issues of consent like you know it's it's taught like that like men are the dominant ones and they go out and get it and that and and frankly it's reflected in society that like men are allowed to do what they want with women's bodies and they will get away with it especially if you're white. Like, especially if you're white, I mean, to the highest court of our land, of your land, Mm -hmm. like, it's said that that's okay. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk about rape culture and accountability within the community here of of youth that's been really inspiring to see. And they're calling each other out in ways that are like calling each other in to be like, hey, like, because what's going to happen if somebody has an issue with consent and then you, or, or is accused of rape. And then you're just like, Hey dude, you got to get the fuck out of here. Like that person's just going to go and perpetuate that, you know? And, and I'm not saying that, you know, that's what happened in Ohala. Mm -hmm. It was, it was an, an, you know, an issue of accountability is, is really what it came down to. Uh And that got blown out of proportion and they took responsibility for it. Ray took responsibility for his part in that. And like, and, and they're doing workshops to this day. I think they just had one yesterday. You know, like that's oh. how shit is gonna change. Is yeah. like if dudes and and like yeah. are talking about this, and if they're in proximity to people who identify as women, um, are able to like show up for them as right. well. You know, yeah. And, I think and, you're right. Accountability and just kind of having that support system and not turning your back on someone just because they made a mistake. Be like, yo, we're gonna help you. Like. We realize that's wrong, but you know, we're all going to get this through this together because we value you. And when you've never been taught anything different, yeah, like if somebody would have told me that back in the day, different. Like, okay, now I'm really embarrassed and I don't want to hang out with you, but yeah. they still want to pull me in. I'll be like, oh god, yeah, and cry, and then just yeah. be like, my fault, my bad. But so that didn't happen. Like that. No, that you didn't know, happen. and that's why things are where they're at today. Yeah. You know, is because like there's that idea of you just like you suck it up and there's the idea too like and and you know i don't identify as femme either i'm i like 
So I, and I don't have, you know, I, I've never been sexually assaulted, but I think that there's also, you know, from what I've heard from other people in my community and from my friends around me is that there's also this idea that if it happens to you, it's your fault. So then you're not going to say anything. I you never know? And it understood goes so that. Much That's crazy shit. That. I never understood that shit. I, I mean, I don't, I don't. The whole she's asking for it or look at, just look at her. It's like, dude, like really? <laughs> Like she's like yo, because like, she's wearing a short skirt yeah, or like what? It's you know? clothes, man. Like that doesn't give you no right to fucking treat her that way or do whatever you want. You know? Yeah, I mean, it's just you're, crazy. You're few and far in in between. You know, yeah. and for me, you know, as somebody that has dated women and has mm-hmm. you know is married to a femme person, like mm-hmm. I've perpetuated that misogyny. I've per- perpetuated that like patriarchal kind mm-hmm. of behavior because. For me, as like a young butch woman who was attracted to women and in the like, you know, later in my teen years, like in the hip hop scene, it's like, that's my bitch. Mm -hmm. And like, she's (laughs) going to do that. You know, I mean, I'm I'm done. So for for me, it's an interesting perspective to. Yeah, I, I am a woman, but. I don't identify as femme and I don't have a history of sexual assault. So it, yeah. it, it's like hard for me. I kind of just have to really listen and take it in because sure. I identify more with the masculine side of these conversations. Right. But I want to support uh-huh. the femme people in my life. Yeah. You know, I see that where you're like, from. Have like been here. So it's, yeah, I, yeah, I've, I've learned a lot another... from Ohala in particular. <laughs> yeah. And it's just another thing too. Like when you have kids, like I have two daughters I think that's kind of why I was kind of raised that way because I have two other brothers and it was the only female in the house was my mom. So, you know, my dad's going to like, you know, treat us one way and she's going to be like, well, that's your dad. You know, there wasn't no like, there wasn't like not sensitivity training, but there's just like, there wasn't a sense to be like, stop being so hard on him. Be well, like, that's, that, that's your boy. Too, you know, think, right? Yeah. So that's another thing. <laughs> that's a whole other issue. Yeah. But yeah. And like now, because I have two little girls. I have one boy, but he's super, he's an angel. Like, he's sensitive, and I'm just like, oh, man. Like, Aww. I need to, like, chill. And, like, because it sucks, because, like, I sometimes I do catch myself being that jerk, you know? And then I just stop, and it's just, like, think about it and just chill. It's just or really like, hard for me, though, because Be that, accountable with him, too. Yeah. Like, because imagine if your dad was being a dick to you when you were younger, and your dad yeah, stopped, yeah. and your dad was like, actually, you know what? I'm what I'm doing right now isn't right. Imagine what that would have done for you. I know, and I, I I do that to them, and it's just funny because kids are like, they're amazing. They're so forgiving. They're like, okay, can we go play games or can we go outside? Yeah. Like, like if you would have done that to dad? me, I'd be like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> you go feel bad in your room. <laughs> but I just want to like thank you for stopping by. Thank you yeah, for coming. For sure. Thanks I think for this me. first show episode was it's pretty amazing. It's a show. It's my show. It's your but, show. <laughs> yeah, it's my show, fool. Cool. But yeah, thank you for stopping by. I really appreciate everything that you're doing in the community as far as like working with other people and just everything as a whole. It's great to like finally get to talk to you instead of like being like, yo, I really want to hang out with you. Can we schedule this? Yeah, totally. Just being like, that's, that's just adult. <laughs> well, now life that now. it's scheduled and we both know that we have like kids' schedules, I, I can be like, what's up, bro? You yeah. want to go like drink a Topo Chico somewhere? Yeah. You know, like, and even <laughs> take the kids because that's like, Something that's isolating too, like I think for me is like having kids and having it a is. kid now and, and figuring out how to like 
I mean, making adult friends is already kind of weird, but then when you have a kid and if they don't have kids, it's like, they don't get it. And there's kids around then like either one, they don't get it or two, they don't really care, which is totally fine. Like, yeah, whatever. I know if I didn't, I was kid free, no kids in the house. I I probably wouldn't even be here right now. Yeah. I mean, totally. Uh, Yeah. Three kids deep. I'm like, I'm in it. And like, it is hard. It is isolating because when I hang out with certain people, they're like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get so-and-so tomorrow. Pick him up tomorrow. Nah, man, I had a long day. Dude. Like, I can't go have a beer with you. But, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, thank you for stopping by yeah. and making time for me because I really appreciate it. First episode. So that's it. Stoked to hear it. Yeah. Fuck that.